welcome to the latest episode of the Going Over Big Time podcast. I am Mike Charlotte, and I am joined today by friend of the show, and uh, I guess uh, we could say it here now. I mean, it most likely going to be our rotating third, Tanner Pruitt. Hey guys, how's it going? Uh, thank you, Mike, uh, for for having me once again. I was I was about to say this does feel like a recurring thing, but man, I, I'm I'm sure glad to be here uh, reviewing the show with you today. And I'm glad to be reviewing it with you. Um, so yeah, uh, Tanner will probably be coming around whenever he's available, and you know if we have a three person show, then he will most likely be the third, or if. Like today, where Alan was not available, we'll be uh, substituting. So it, it's it's big shoes to fill, you guys. I I, I know <laughs> for sure, um, but I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's uh, get into the thing we're here to talk about today, which is AEW All Out 2023. This is coming off of the prior. Sunday, where we had easily the biggest wrestling gate in the history of wrestling, if all in, and um, a lot of people were, me included, very concerned about there being a pay-per-view two weeks in a row Mm. on a Sunday, and um, I gotta say, they hit it out of the park. Uh, yeah, it's this one's really interesting because um, going into the show last night, I, I felt like uh, I felt like the show stood in the wake of of two really significant things, and one of which, if we want to talk at length about, I, it's you know, completely well, up to you in whatever yeah. time that we have. We'll bring it uh, up we'll, in jest. But... <laughs> <laughs> one obviously is the fact that this show, like you uh, rightly pointed out, is, is just a week after uh, the grandiosity uh, that is them doing a show at Wembley Stadium in front of 80,000 people, um, and, and and then doing this show just a week later with, um, I would say, very little uh, build-up and, and lead-in for. Um, the, the second one being, of course... Um, the show is in Chicago, and yeah. uh, Tony Khan uh, news broke that Tony Khan uh, fired CM Punk uh, probably what less than 24 hours before the show kickoff. Um, obviously, lots of feelings and raw nerves about that um, uh, across the wrestling spectrum. Uh, some celebrating, some not. You know, it, it, it's it's an interesting scene right now. Um, so the real big question here is how does AEW respond uh, uh, to, to these to these two factors um, at large here? Yeah, uh, there was a lot of concern that the crowd would quote unquote quote unquote hijack the show, um, and that honestly did not happen. Um, I think people were trying to forget about the uh, drama that ensued in the last week that unfortunately resulted in the firing of CM Punk. Um, Mm. 
it was a big deal when he was brought in because it was seven years that he left wrestling and came back and everything really started to go downhill after year one. Um, and, you know, he got hurt, uh, came back, got into brawl out, as everybody knows, uh, got hurt again, came out again, came back again, and honestly got rewarded getting his own show um, just to stop the drama. And honestly, all he... And I I don't want to sound negative, even though it's a negative thing that happened, but... And I think you and I can both agree that we are still fans of his, despite what what has happened. Um, things were not going well the <laughs> entire time. Um, yeah. And, and, and like you said, I mean, I think you and I both have a healthy respect for him. I, I, I know yeah. that for, for me personally, and, and I'm sure for you as well, we, we probably both go back at least 20 years watching CM Punk, you know, from mm-hmm. the Ring of Honor days, right? I was at the um, uh, I was at the show where he signed his WWE contract. Oh, on the belt. That's yeah. That's, pre- that's pretty. Cool. I was there, <laughs> uh, and that was my first interaction with being around him and knowing that he would be there eventually, and knowing how good he already was at that point. And mm-hmm. yeah, when he finally came back, I mean, it's well documented. When he finally came back, men were crying. Like, yeah, on camera. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, I, the first time that I saw him, like, wrestle live was um, when WWE uh, relaunched ECW. Mm-hmm. They did a little, they were doing little um, kind of small circuit tours around the U.S. Uh, just to promote uh, WWE ECW. And... Um, they came to Austin, uh, which was a, a non-taped show, and um, CM Punk hadn't even made TV yet, but he was on the card, you know, because they wanted to get, you know, people behind him. Obviously, um, I, I had thought that that was going to be the first and only time that I would ever see CM Punk live, you know, because they, I mean, WWE very rarely comes to Austin anyway. Um, the fact that, again, fifteen years later. Uh, I got to see CM Punk wrestle uh, Dax Harwood, uh, or I guess that's his name, yeah, yeah. over at uh, <laughs> over at uh, uh, the HEB Center here in Cedar Park. Yeah, was mm-hmm. uh, again amazing. It was, it was very heartwarming, and the the whole first comeback run was I thought was well done. But like you said, I think that they just kept running into problem after problem after problem with him or he or that he would find himself in problems and mm-hmm. it was just not um i don't think it was a good marriage to begin with unfortunately um, yeah. um wish him all the best of course um of course but... uh, with with that said mm-hmm. i think it's clear i think it's clear to everybody that um he he might not be in the best state of mind. Mm-hmm. I don't. I'm not accusing or you know 
anything like that. But sure. um, I hope that he I hope that he is going to find happiness in some way, because clearly he was not happy. Sure. In wrestling. Uh, and it's not even an AEW thing. I just don't think wrestling makes him happy anymore. Um, even, even though he, like I said, that first year was great. Mm-hmm. He he came back and did all those things and the MJF stuff, the dog collar, everything was just yeah, crazy. He, he had some incredible matches, some incredible moments. Like you said, the MJF stuff was great. Dog collar match was great. Um, uh, one that doesn't get brought up often enough, I think, is that the Eddie Kingston um, match, yep. which I thought was uh, amazing. Loved it. Loved it. Um, but yeah, it, it all seems to, um, and I mentioned this last week, um, that it's a shame that all of this seems to be very much in the rearview mirror against mm-hmm. all of drama that surrounds it. Like nobody's ever going to talk about, um, CM Punk versus Samoa Joe at Wembley, the match. They're going to always associate it with, well, that was CM Punk's last match in AEW because, you know, 30 minutes prior to it, he was having a backstage meltdown with, mm-hmm. you know, jungle boy and you know, all this yeah. and that. So it's, it's a shame, man. It, it really is. It, I, I it will... is. I will say to bring this full circle, it does feel like for AEW and for last night's show especially um, that a thousand pound weight had been lifted off of them, and mm-hmm. it felt like this was a a new beginning again. Yes, this and it it definitely felt like a reset button, and um, we hope that CM Punk will um be able to uh make amends i guess with everything and um coming off of all of that this show and i think everybody that attended this show just wanted to enjoy wrestling and stop talking about backstage drama and and stop hijacking the show and stuff that that, this crowd just wanted to enjoy wrestling and that was Mm -hmm. very evident throughout this show and um i think that um they they made the show even 10 times better uh i think the crowd uh and obviously you looked around and you saw maybe like one or two people that were flipping off the Young Bucks, flipping off Adam Page. I mean, I think that's going to happen regardless. Um, But all in all, this crowd made this show what it needed to be, which was um, just so much fun. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And um, we kicked it off with a battle royal. Um, It was called the Over the Budget Battle Royal for Charity. Um, mm. and this was, uh, this was fine. <laughs> uh, it was just Adam Page and everybody else who couldn't get on the card in a battle mm. royal. And 
it was it was what it was. Um, people in the match were uh, Tony Nice, Serpentico, Sean Spears, Commander, Angelo Parker, Dalton Castle, Darius Martin, Chuck Taylor, Bishop Khan, Matt mm. Menard, Jake Hager, Aussie Open, Scorpio Sky, Action Andretti, uh, Best Friends, and Totally Ona and Brian Cage. So there was everyone who has a name that didn't get onto the main card. Yeah, pretty much. So, I mean, looking at that on paper, you knew Adam Page was going to win because you got basically one of the bigger, biggest stars of the company in a pre-show battle royal, and he's not really doing anything anyway. <laughs> um, but there was some good spots. I mean, like. Early on, in the, well, Tony Nese, of course, started the match before the match even started. Because whenever AEW does a battle royal, they always start outside the ring and then enter the ring. I don't know why, but this is just what AEW does. And Tony Nese took it upon himself to get in the ring and berate the crowd for being fat. And um, told all the wrestlers that instead of fighting we should do a group exercise to inspire the fans. Um, which, of course, did not go over well, and he was eliminated for that. Um, and then when the, <laughs> when the brawl started, uh, Commander, of course, did an amazing spot where he uh, jumped from the apron before entering the ring. Jumped from the apron to the top rope and just did a, a flip on top of everybody. Because uh, <laughs> that's what Commander does. Um, the final two were Brian Cage and Ad and Brian Cage and Adam Page, of course. Um, earlier in the night. Uh, the uh, mogul embassy said that they were going to use the money to uh, donate to the mogul embassy. <laughs> um, which, of course, meant they were not winning. <laughs> no, no. Um, you know, selfishness gets you nowhere. <laughs> of course. Uh, Adam Page gets the win, and uh, later in the night, they announced that the money is going to uh, the Chicago uh, Teachers mm -hmm. uh, Foundation. Yeah, Adam, so, yeah so Chicago Public Education Fund. Yes, I think something like yes, that. Yes, that that is the yeah. Adam Page is a former teacher, so that makes sense. Well, and uh, and, and to that degree as well. Um, again, kind of discussing what we did moments ago. Uh, I, I think if we were to draw up a list of all the people that need rehabbing post in, mm -hmm. in the in the post CM Punk AEW era, Hangman Page has to be near the top of the list. Yes, um, that guy was featured as a um, main eventer, uh, one of the best AEW champions uh, that that they've had to date, uh, but somehow. Uh, some way, um, he fell off a cliff as mm -hmm. soon as uh the the all the CM Punk feud the whole CM Punk feud started. 
Um, yes. and, and he tumbled down the card all the way here to the zero hour. To the very first match of the zero hour. Right. Um, which is crazy to me. Um, yeah. So, yes, Hangman Page, well-deserved victory, uh, mm-hmm. great choice uh, for donation, and I, yep. I hope to see a lot more of him. I fully agree, and uh, before we move on, I think uh, Dalton Castle and the boys deserve acknowledgement, oh, because yes. um, the boys did that spot where uh, Dalton Castle was eliminated and they caught him, and they put mm-hmm. him back on the apron. Mm-hmm. And then they did the exact same spot to uh, Angelo Parker and just light, just lightly put him down on his feet. And he, and he said, are you kidding me? And then just walked away. I absolutely loved that. That's awesome. Um, so the next match that uh, was just randomly put together was um, Hikaru Shida, Willow Nightingale, and Sky Blue against Athena, Mercedes Martinez, and Diamante with mm-hmm. Billy Starks in their corner. So I I read that this was supposed to be Athena versus Billy Starks for the ROH women's title, mm-hmm. uh, but Billy Starks is not cleared right now. Um, yep. If you don't watch ROH, you wouldn't know that Billy Starks and Athena are kind of doing like a um, semi-tag team thing where uh they clearly like don't really like each other but they but Athena just doesn't want to face her so okay yeah <laughs> um everybody else in this match was kind of just thrown in um Diamante and Mercedes were feuding with Willow and Statlander and that just got thrown away for Statlander's match on the main card. Um, and the history between Athena and Mercedes, Mercedes, Athena took the belt from her. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that makes what happened in the match make a lot of sense. Um, the action was all over the place. You know, Willow did the hits. She hit the pounce. She, uh, uh, Hikaru Shida, you know, what what cannot be said about how good Hikaru Shida is. It's so weird that she's doing this on this show. And Sky Blue is getting a lot better. She's from Chicago. That's why she was in this match. Um, but um, the match ended when uh, Mercedes Martinez and Diamante walked out on Athena. Uh, which, as I mentioned, makes sense considering the history uh, Athena had faced Diamante recently, had a hell of a match. Athena's been killing it over there, but the problem mm-hmm. is that she's only killing it on ROH, and seven people watch that show. Yeah, um, I I do feel like a I I, I don't want to say a promotion to the main card is in is in order because it, but that's what yeah. it kind of feels like. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, Athena made her debut in AEW. What probably what close to a year ago? Maybe about a year ago. Um, yeah, she was facing Jade last year on the show. Mm-hmm. And you know she's a, she's great. She's, you know, great wrestler. Um, I I sometimes feel like um, 
I don't know. I, I feel like when she got signed to AEW, she got lost in the sauce really quick. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, there's certainly still time. I, I don't know how long her, her deal is with AEW, but it's certainly, um, I, I think it's certainly worth a try. <laughs> I I fully agree. I mean, you could tell it, you could tell she's having a lot more fun than in you know previous employment. Um, right. But um, yeah, I I think that, and she and like I said, she's been having killer matches over there. But yeah, uh, I think once she finally loses the belt, which I think is going to be against Billy Starks, mm-hmm. um, when Billy Starks does get that shot. Um, that she needs to be quote unquote promoted and doing more. Um, of course, there's been, and I, I think we'll we'll talk about this later when we talk about the TBS title match. Mm. But um, the discourse about the way the women are booked has been very prevalent in the past few months and especially last week when we only had one women's match on all in and only had four women on the entire show it was a five-hour show Mm -hmm. so it's pretty ridiculous (laughs) yeah so um like i said this match was a lot of fun car sheeta's team got the win and I mean, maybe we're going to see Sheeta versus Athena down the line. That should be a hell of a match if we do get to see it. Um, but, yeah, this this was what it was. Yeah. it It's really down to a matter of where where does AEW feel like they need to focus their, their efforts as far as the women's division is concerned. It, a lot of it feels like it changes from day to day, um, mm-hmm. that they never really know or Tony never really knows what exactly he wants to do. And that's kind of where, where we get things like, like this. Um, yeah. Yeah. I well, think also, that he gets, go ahead. Sorry. Finish your point. And I'll, I'll... Well, I was going to say, I think that he, he gets good ideas. Like he knows, like he's got a good idea of when a title change should happen um, and how it should be done. Who's going to be the, who's going to hold the belt next. And then who's going to chase um, but beyond that, I feel like the the regular week to week kind of booking of the women's division seems to be um, uh, like like a non priority at times. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked about it on this show in the past that like if you go back to like Blood and Guts, for example, mm. they just threw Britt Baker into a match with a local talent, and yeah. she beat her in less than two minutes and then they just cut away it there was literally no because of course that the entire show was built around that blood and guts match but that that's a prime example of why tony needs to hire somebody else to book the women Mm -hmm. um obviously tony is very hands-on with everything going on in AEW and that is a detriment to the women's division as a whole um he's booking dynamite he's booking rampage he's booking ROH he's booking collision it it it's a lot mhm and 
I feel like if you had, and again, this has been talked about by numerous people on numerous occasions, but I feel like if you had somebody like, uh, you know, you have all these people there. Madison Rain is there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Maria Canellis is there. All these people that can help you. And I think he needs to do that, especially with the women. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree. Uh, So our last match on the Zero Hour was a match that was thrown together on Collision the night before that, boy, was not for me. (laughs) Uh, But most things that Jeff Jarrett has done in AEW are not for me. So that... um, So on Collision, we had uh, Dennis Rodman show up um he was in town for starcast um you know chicago legend basketball legend uh previous wrestling experience to an extent um pay-per-view main eventer yeah um so he is interrupted of course by the jeff jarrett family whatever they're called. I don't think they have a name, but, and they want him to join their ranks, but he's not interested. And the acclaimed came out and did what the acclaimed does. And, uh, the acclaimed had already defended their titles that night. And Billy Gunn didn't want to have two matches. So they had this match, uh, the night after, and the highlight of the match was Dennis Rodman hitting Satnam Singh with a guitar. <laughs> um, there's really nothing else that happened during this that mattered at all. No, th- um, this one was very much just a, you know, hey, let's let's throw it together real quick. You know, let's get them on the card. Um, a a decent warm up with everything else that was on the, the zero hour, but I mean, I, 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 I get why it's... it happened. I get why it happened. This was to make the crowd happy to see the, that team get beat up. And that yeah. seems to be the thing that they're doing with this group. Uh, Karen Jarrett continues her quote unquote rivalry with Aubrey Edwards, mm-hmm. uh, where Aubrey threw her out of the ring physically. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Jeff Jarrett just is just there to do this. Jay Lethal is lumped in. Uh Sanjay is really funny, but it doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> no, this was I mean, the the acclaimed is there to get the crowd hot, right? Yeah. That that's that's what this is for. Um uh I just yeah. The, this yeah. one it it seemed like very much a a one off. It maybe we'll get a little bit more um, from this, a little bit more mileage out of this. I don't know, but I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> I hope not. Let's just move on. Yes, the main card. Yeah, so <laughs> we're on to the main card, and we kicked it off with the ROH Tag Team Championship match of Better Than You, Baby, Adam Cole and MJF defending against the winners of a Rampage Battle Royal 
the Dark Orders, Alex Reynolds and John Silver. Mm -hmm. So recently, Alex Reynolds and John Silver have been being have been showing more aggression. Um, mm. They've been doing a little bit more uh, heel tactics since um, their street fight with the um, uh, that other team in ROH whose name is escaping me right now. Um, the Embassy? No. There's another team. Uh, wow, I can't believe I'm forgetting the name. Well, either way, it was... Um, it was, uh, you know, uh, Stu, Stu Grayson, uh, Vincent, and... Oh, uh, um, yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yes. So ever since that match, they've been showing a little bit more aggression. I'm sorry I can't remember the name off the top of my head right now. But... Um, we'll edit in post. <laughs> no, no, we will not. <laughs> but, um, yeah, ever since then, they've been showing more aggression, and they did that a lot in in this match um early on in the match mjf basically got taken out of it because he was hit in the back of the head with a chair um and mm. he was selling a neck injury and they did that thing where you know that he's being taken out but he's coming back because he was not stretchered mm -hmm. he was just walked to the back by like five people mm-hmm so whenever they do that, you know he's coming back, but um, but Silver and Reynolds just took it to Adam Cole two on one a lot mm. uh, throughout this match. They did that sick combination that they do all the time, where uh, the um, oh yeah the, 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 the stunner the stunner and the German and the Inziguri followed by a stunner followed by a German. Uh, I love that move every time they do it. Yeah, it's such uh, one of the notes I have here is just that. Uh, I mean, and this goes back to their uh, Super Smash, you know, uh, Bros days where they were wrestling on the indie circuit. But man, they're they, well. That was that was Grayson and Uno. Oh yeah, no, that's right. No, <laughs> was it? Oh, the Beaver Boys. That's who they were. Yes, by. yes. <clears throat> Even then, uh, their uh, their combination wrestling. Is just immense. The two of them, it's it, it's very very good, um, and obviously it just built up even more with Cole being on his own. Yeah, yeah. So of course Adam Cole is playing the uh, babyface in peril role in this match throughout the match, and then MJF makes his return. He's holding his neck the entire time. Mm -hmm. Um. And just fires up, babyface uh, fired up, uh, takes takes on both guys by himself, does the kangaroo kick again, because uh, that's sticking around, it's, and I love it. It's over. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, hits uh, they. Oh, the uh, they go for the double clothesline and they get the victory. Mm -hmm. So. Uh, and what was funny was like Dark Order was like mocking them the whole time and doing their moves also, and like the crowd absolutely hated that because yeah. it wasn't Cole and MJF doing it. But um, yeah. So after the match, um, 
MJF is laying down the whole time and just like verbally saying like, oh, out of my neck. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts so much. Oh, my God. <laughs> and they're, they're walking up the ramp. Yeah. And out comes Samoa Joe. Mm-hmm. Uh, obviously coming out for his next match. Uh, but usually <laughs> they don't. Usually the competitors wait for everybody else to leave before they come out for the next one. Mm-hmm. And we get the best callback in the world. NXT TakeOver Brooklyn 2. I was there. Samoa Joe had some security guards around him. Mm-hmm. One, one of them was MJF, who uh, got a little uh, too excited and almost walked in front of Samoa Joe. And Samoa mm. Joe pushed him back. We had a callback to that, where MJF is going the opposite direction. And yeah. Samoa Joe just intentionally pushes him to the side. Yeah, MJF's walking back up the ramp. Joe, you know, Joe's music hits and he's walking out. Adam Cole is not too far behind MJF. And Joe just staring ahead. He he doesn't even acknowledge MJF being there. He just shoves MJF and you see Cole scamper uh right to MJF like immediately and he's trying to talk MJF out of it and you can see in MJF's eyes just how you know uh, aggravated this this you know this slight by Joe has made him uh and so <laughs> Joe gets into the ring and an irate MJF just marches down to the ring and attacks Joe from behind, um, which prompts a like a pouring out of literally every bit of security that AEW had uh, mm-hmm. to to separate the two. I thought this was a super hot angle. The crowd seemed really, really into this, and I I wouldn't have thought that I I would have wanted to see an MJF Samoa Joe program uh but here we are I, it feels like this is <laughs> this is going to turn out to be a, a rather big deal um yes and i love i love the the how big this felt uh yeah. samoa joe i i mean say what you want about the guy everything he does is just so good mm. and he he always seems to get slighted and of course he was on the opposite side of the drama that ensued at all in and yeah. his match basically being jeopardized because of that on the biggest show in the world. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, if it was up to me, I would have called a pivot after that drama and had him win. But, um, yeah, uh, this has the potential to be very big. And, um, that brings us into the the next match on the show, uh, which is Samoa Joe defending the ROH TV Championship against Shane Taylor. This match was set up by a tournament that Shane Taylor won on ROH television. Um, and man, was this this was a hoss battle. Yeah. Uh, it was so much fun. The, the first um, of two real Haas fights that we had 
uh, yeah. on tonight's card. Um, I, I've I've seen Shane Taylor plenty of times before, um, but but this and I've seen Samoa Joe even more. Mm-hmm. Um, but but this I I've never seen two men lay into each other with strikes, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. in the way that Shane Taylor was uh was was throwing his punches with Joe. Like it looked like he was looking for a knockout uh, on Joe. Um this was this was a really solid uh big man match. Nothing nothing crazy, nothing out of this world. You kind of get exactly what you expect out of it. Yeah. But um you know, it, it was still worth the ride because you you do get two men very similar size and stature. Uh, just going at it um, with with Joe kind of uh, you know really getting you know handled for a little bit uh, until he was able to fire up with those knee strikes and put in the clutch for the win. Yeah, um, I absolutely loved the apron spot where uh, Joe had the choke on the apron and uh, Shane Taylor like put him in like a tower of London, mm. like. I thought that was really cool. I don't think I've ever seen anybody counter a choke like that. Mm-hmm. Um, part of me thought that after the MJF thing that Shane Taylor was going to win this match because I feel like you don't need the ROH TV champion embroiled in a feud with the biggest world champion on your roster. Mm-hmm. But again, we we talk about we talked about last week about how all these ROH titles have kind of just been thrown around lately and there's not a lot of story going into them and that seems to continue here um shane taylor is one of the best roh tv champions in the in the past couple of years he had a great reign with that belt samoa Mm. joe's had this belt for 500 plus days now and again you wouldn't again you wouldn't know that if you don't watch roh television because every once in a while he defends it on AEW tv and you're like, but you have an ROH show. Why is he defending this belt here? Yeah. Um, the reason he's defending it here is because all the AW champions basically got a night off. Or yeah. were doing something else. Um, so I thought this match was very fun. Uh, was the beginning of the... It was the first uh, part of the the uh, dual Haas battles we had on this show. Um, and yeah, I, I, I would have, I would have went the other way, but still great match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lots of fun. You know, um, I, I don't think that this was, you know, this was never going to be a world beater, but this was, this was a, a really fun big man match. And I, yeah. I think it, it was all the better with the, um, the the really hot angle um that mm-hmm. that came before the match uh started um a r- real quick note on MJF actually um i i find it amazing that had you asked me this time last year or or, or even January 1st of this year uh if you, if you told me that MJF would be um the hottest baby face in the hottest tag team in the company right now. Uh, I I would have 
I would have laughed you out of the out of the room, right? Yeah. Um, it 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 is really a credit to, um, him and Adam Cole and, and this this evolving story that the two of them have together, and and I think it's going to be an interesting challenge for for MJF to go up against a guy of Joe's stature, um, and yeah. and, and and power, and and because it's MJF, you always have that thought in your mind like. But he's gonna he's gonna do the dick thing at some point, yeah. like because it's very clear to me that he's making fun of babyface tropes, like he's doing it to to make fun of it, but it's working, and um, it's just it's so much fun, even if you know that he's doing it in you know in his way of making fun of baby face tropes. Oh, sure. Well, and what's, what's cool is that, well, maybe cool isn't the right word, but what what's fun about it is that he, he's not changed hardly anything about his in-ring style. He's still very much a heel. Mm-hmm. He's still very much a dick. He's going to do whatever he wants to do uh, and whatever it takes to get the win. Right. But yeah, it's, it's just uh, 100% fun at this point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what's going to happen in the coming weeks because uh, they announced um, a tournament to determine who he will be defending his world title against at Grand Slam. And you have the um, the Kingdom stuff with Roddy Strong going on. Then now you have mm-hmm. this. Mm-hmm. And I, I assume Samoa Joe's going to be in that tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I, I, I look forward to finding out who's going to be in that tournament and who's going to be challenging the champion. Cause I'm going to grand slam again. Oh, and well, I look at that. can't wait. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So on to the next match on the show. And it was Luchasaurus mm. defending the TNT Championship against Darby Allen. Uh, Darby Allen came out clearly in pain from mm-hmm. the double casket. Well, not a double casket match. The tag team casket match where only one person needed to be put in the casket. But uh, <laughs> um, wrapped up, ribs wrapped up, um, cl- clearly hurting more than he's ever hurt in the past and we've seen we've seen Darby do some crazy stuff um he's been thrown downstairs he's been slammed on literally anything you can get slammed on mm-hmm. uh and this is the most pain he's ever been in and he's going into the ring with a nearly 7 foot tall man who mm-hmm. is also a dinosaur very true uh, as you rightfully pointed out, Darby Allen's been uh, really—I mean, he—he's been on just a a path of self-destruction. It seems lately, he—he <laughs> he just does anything and everything possible to to try and get himself hurt, um, which is which is funny. Uh, not 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 funny that he's trying to get himself yeah. hurt, but funny in the sense that it's just like, what? Why do you keep doing this to yourself? Like this is just ridiculous. Um, yeah. The match itself, um, 
I, I I'll be honest in saying I found it to be, um, not not the worst match, but but I just found I didn't find it to be as as interesting or as um, um, captivating as some of the other ones on the card. Um, I agree. I I would say that um, Luchasaurus winning this match ultimately, um means that we get more of Christian Cage which is always entertaining. You know, yep. we get we get to see, you know, the the continuation of that story when will Christian Cage get his comeuppets uh for uh, uh for just being such a just being the such, dick of all dicks. Yeah, just anybody who has a father, you know, he hates. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, I mean this this is a you know, I would say an atypical um, mm-hmm. Darby Allen match. Yep. Um, you know, when he but... did that swanton to a seated Luchasaurus in a chair on yep. the outside, yep. I was like, "Are you trying to die?" Yeah, like, like, like cause he, cause his body nearly missed Luchasaurus. Mm-hmm. Like, he like grazed his shoulders with his back and then just landed into the barricade yeah i i don't like, even know how you even come up with that right like that's right? that's it's, it's very um <laughs> i like I, I think i think only jeff hardy would have ever thought about doing something yeah something like that well um, it's very clear darby is this generation's jeff hardy with the way mm-hmm. he just uses his body and doesn't care right well, and and I think that that's what you know. If you watch, go back and watch the match. That's obviously kind of what yeah. he's going for. Is like I I am my best weapon against you know mm-hmm. <laughs> against Luchasaurus just to go out and and use my body as a weapon um, yeah. to to try and, and and get this victory here. Um, uh, when Luchasaurus also like put the stairs on top of Darby and then just like stomped on it. Like put literally like Darby just laying on the ground and he just put the stairs on his body. Mm-hmm. Like, are you are, like, are you trying to kill this man? <laughs> like, yeah. And, and, but the crazy thing is that, you know, Darby would absolutely, you know, <laughs> like he, yeah. he would absolutely take it. Yeah, um, of course. And, uh, so middle of the match, we kind of have a, um, a standoff kind of thing. Where Luchasaurus has Darby in a, um, what was it, like a, a choke or something? It was like a hold. I don't remember what kind of hold it was. but um, And Nick Wayne is like arguing with Christian on the floor. And Christian is imploring him to throw in the towel. And Nick Wayne is refusing to do so because he knows that Darby will continue fighting. And when Christian gets out, uh, I mean, when uh, Darby gets out of the hold, he just goes full force suicide dive onto Christian. Mm-hmm. And um, when Christian gets back up, he just wallops Nick Wayne with a chair and is about to do the one man concerto while Darby is about to hit the coffin drop. And of course, Darby, Darby has a heart. He doesn't want to see his mentor's son get murdered. <laughs> Makes sense, right? Fair enough. Uh, 
So instead of capitalizing on the move, he's going to try to help. And Luchasaurus, of course, stops him from doing so. And um, gets the upper hand again. And um, this is where he gets uh, Darby into a tombstone and hits two tombstones in a row. He hits the first tombstone and then just doesn't let go, lifts him up again and does another one. Mm -hmm. And then lifts him up from the tombstone spot, slams his face on the turnbuckle, and then wallops the back of his head with a clothesline. And gets the win. Mm -hmm. And um, after the match, Christian is going to have uh, do the concerto to Darby with face up this time mm -hmm. and make Nick Wayne watch when just random people from the locker room led by Sean Spears just are like yeah. we don't want we yeah. don't want to see Darby die so <laughs> <laughs> uh don't do that yeah no no, no sting um which no is sting. interesting no sting uh but hey you know um thank god for uh Sean Spears Sean Spears uh the infantry I I don't even know who else was in there but I I I Sean Spears and the infantry were the most prominent to me Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, and Christian and Luchasaurus made their way up the ramp, and the camera centers on Darby laying on this chair and just laying there like he's dead, like because the man was just dropped on his head three times by a by a sixty five million year old dinosaur <laughs> um. <laughs> So I don't know if this if this is continuing, or uh, or we're going to see more with Swerve coming back from the dead or something. Uh, I I I don't, I, know, I, I don't know. I would I would like to see the the Darby Swerve program continue out of this. Uh -huh. um, I feel like the two of them have really good matches and typically get the best out of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, where does Luchasaurus go from here? Um, uh, not, not really sure. We got to find someone who has dad issues to exploit, I think. So um, I, I, <laughs> I saw, I saw a great idea on social media that I think they should do. Um, they should, Nick Wayne should challenge for the TNT title and somehow win thanks to like Darby's help or something. Hmm. And that's when Swerve comes back. Mm. And Swerve absolutely murders Nick Wayne to win this belt. And that's how you continue the Darby-Swerve dynamic. Hmm. Um, I'm still waiting for Keith Lee to get a singles match with Swerve. That still hasn't happened after a year. Um, But... I think that's a great idea, and they should do that. I don't know when, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I I could definitely see it happening. Yeah, for sure. Because I mean, 
obviously Nick Wayne's not going to beat Luchasaurus on his own. He's definitely going to need help. But you can make that happen. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, this match was fine. But uh, as you mentioned, probably the... I think the match with the least, like, excitement around it. Um, I don't think that people were into this as much as they would have liked. Mm. Yeah, it, it could have definitely used, uh, for me personally, a, um, a little bit more um, of just anything. But at the same time, it's like, even if it had more build, even if it had more drama sophistication well this is the match this is the match on the card with the most build i think they set this up like weeks before all in the 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 darby and luchas well i guess i guess that just goes goes to show like yeah Yeah. how 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 much you know my attention was devoted to it it just didn't feel (laughs) like you know like this was anything um worth writing home about i suppose but uh yeah it's a that's a shame you know well, we are moving on to possibly one of the best matches on the entire show. Oh yeah, this was so fun. This this was such a fun match. Like this is for me. This is where the show really gets started. Um, it it, it kind of feels right like here. it kind of feels like the show was already on a high. Took a little bit of a a dip with that with the TNT title match, and then just completely went up from there mm-hmm. like and this was part of the reason why so the next match was miro versus powerhouse hops and the build to this match was powerhouse hobbs basically saying in a promo on collision that the next step in the book of hobbs is redemption and that immediately was like Oh, okay. He's talking about the Redeemer, Miro. And mm-hmm. these guys just every week uh, leading up to their contract signing at All In, which I did not watch because I did not know that the pre show was going to be two hours, um, were just beating up random guys and, and calling each other out. And we get to this match, and it's just one of the. Be- the crowd was part of the reason why this match was so good, but with every moment that happened, it just got better and better. Um, these guys were going back and forth with strikes, and then they just started walloping each other like full body with clotheslines and um, body blocks. And every time that this would happen, the crowd would just chant meat meat yeah <laughs> and it it just started to build and you can tell that they were into it because they would they would wind up and have the crowd do the whoa meat yeah every time and <laughs> it was just it was it was amazing it, and nobody would have saw this coming like because when this set this match up, people were like, oh, this is going to be good. But nobody could have predicted that it would turn into this. Oh, yeah. And and, and as as ridiculous as the whole, like, uh, 
meat chance and the hulking up and everything sounds. Mm-hmm. Um, which is obviously that makes this match a lot of fun. Uh, these guys were were beating the hell out of each other. You know, some of the mm-hmm. the the strikes, forearms, lariats, yep, the things that the, these guys were laying into each other were just absolutely brutal. Uh, Miro put on a really strong striking game, um, yep. and, and Hobbs um, was actually the, the more technical of the two. He he used a lot of a lot of slam variants, a lot of suplex variants. Um, obviously, he broke out his his massive spine buster, um, which looked incredible with Miro. Yep. Um, and, and then the the race to the finish involved both men really trying to put on the the uh, the camel clutch, the the game over for you know Miro's yep. move. Um, yeah, man, just two two big hosses slugging it out. Fantastic. Yep. And- and throughout the match, the crowd just getting more and more hyped where we would get uh, meet forever chance and um, <laughs> just at, and commentary acknowledging this was was just so good. Everything <laughs> about this was so good. And the one uh, little uh, thing that happened at the end that doesn't uh is it's it's not that big of a deal but like when Miro has the game over on it looked like they were trying to uh he like Will Hobbs was having like an issue trying to like visualize the tap out so he kept moving his arm um but it was it was just a little thing but um but yes Miro gets the win via submission and um after the match, they shake hands predator style from the movie. Mm. Uh, <laughs> and you saw that yeah. gif go up immediately, <laughs> which I loved. Um, and Miro, uh, Miro's about to leave and he looks back and he's like, I don't, I don't trust you. And, and, uh, Hobbs is like, oh no no, it's fine, yeah. and then Miro's like, okay, and then and then Hobbs hits him anyway, mm. and um, Hobbs just beats him up after the match and goes to get a chair. Oh no no, Hobbs didn't have the chair. The chair come late came later, but while this is happening, they just pan to the screen, mm. and the screen says hot. And flexible. Obviously. Yeah. Um, and this was, of course, in reference to whenever uh, Miro would do a promo, how he would talk about he um, no longer has a god and he um, has uh, denounced his hot and flexible wife. <laughs> sure. <laughs> um so yes. Uh CJ Perry makes her AEW debut. Um of all people to save her husband from a giant giving her uh, giving him another uh beating after the match. Uh what was ridiculous is that Hobbs is choking yeah, uh, Miro on the ground. He's choking him, 
And then yep. lo- we get the music cue and we see the hot and flexible. And then Lana comes out, or, or CJ, uh, yeah. I, I suppose. <clears throat> she comes out and then... In, in in total Jeff Hardy fashion, she does she strikes her pose on the top of the ramp, and it's like your 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 husband he's he's down there. Yeah. He needs he needs some. And help. then and then she realizes it, and she's just like, oh, okay, let me kick off my shoes and and literally sprint to Run the down ring to the ring. <laughs> and she grabs a chair and hits Hobbs in the back with it, and of course it does not hurt because you have a. 90 pound woman hitting a 290 pound man with a chair. Yeah. Uh, I mean, she's probably more than 90 pounds, but besides the point. Um, so while Hobbs is distracted, uh, Miro gets back up and hits him from behind and takes the chair and absolutely wallops Hobbs in the face with the chair. <laughs> Yeah, he he hits once in the back. <laughs> Hobbs spins around, and then I was like, "I don't, I don't know what you're." He gonna, swung I, it like a bat. He, <laughs> yeah, he he swung it really hard, really fast, and and, and <laughs> I uh, this was not a full on like headshot. Yeah. Um, yeah, like like what we saw like Sean Spears do to Cody a couple years yes. back. Nothing um, like but, that. But it was it was just like wow you you definitely nailed him in the face like you <laughs> yeah that was like full on cheekbone shot yes like um so Hobbs retreats and Miro turns around and is surprised to see C J Perry he he looks at her like up and down like am I imagining this yeah like have I like I I. I thought you were gone. Like, mm-hmm. and then he walks away, looks back and just shakes his head and then leaves. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, she obviously wants to be acknowledged and he, yeah. he does not give her the time of day. He, he, like you said, he just left, left the ring. Um, and that was yeah. that. Like, like he cannot believe that. I, I guess he can't believe that he was saved by a woman, but <laughs> Uh, the fact that it was this woman. Yeah, I, I think it's it goes back to like, you know, him renouncing her basically, and is just like not, <laughs> you know, like not acknowledging yeah. her at all. And this will probably be played into, yeah, just uh, them being yeah. together on screen. Yeah, because that's what's gonna happen. <laughs> I, I I did see um. Uh, a, a meme. I think I'll give I'll give credit to a uh, a Kenny for your thoughts on this one, where you know M- Miro remembers, you know, yeah. the, the how Lana left him for a uh, Bobby Lashley, uh, mm-hmm. or how how Miro remembers that CJ left him for Bobby Lashley, and you know, <laughs> thinking that the same thing is going to happen all over again here. Um, <laughs> so well, let's hope not. Let's hope not. Um. But yeah, um, this is one of my matches of the night, hands down. Um, and as I mentioned, the crowd crowd made this ten times better, but it was still a very fun match, which I absolutely enjoyed. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, 
So our next match on the card is another match that was very good. Um, mm. It is the TBS Championship match. Chris Statlander defending against Ruby Soho. Uh, Ruby Soho came out accompanied by Soraya. And she uh, came out to Ruby Soho, the song, which we haven't heard in a while because of Outcast stuff. Right. Um, and uh, Chris Statlander and Ruby Soho had a hell of a match here. Um, I have always been a uh, Chris Statlander fan since she came in. I I've always felt like she had something from day one. And she has just improved to new heights to like she's one of the best workers on the on the women's roster right now mm -hmm. uh and she's in there with one of the best pros in the world and they absolutely killed it here um yeah yeah we we get we get a lot of um uh teases with uh the outcasts and what was it i think at some point um <clears throat> we get a uh, uh, tony storm um uh, uh, uh Tony Storm attempted run in um but yeah, yeah i mean it's it, it it was a good solid match um not nothing really to complain about um i i i think that the more that we see Chris Statlander and the more time that she gets in the ring the better right i i think mm -hmm. that that has to be a must uh, from here on out um, just because she is one of the homegrown talents, and, and we really do need to start, you know, highlighting that, especially for the women's division, it seems. Yep. But, um, yeah, I, I, I'd say, uh, like you said, a solid match. And uh, credit to uh, MJF here, who uh, mm. is the reason that Statlander is in AEW. So, ah, yes. Um. Both of them coming from uh, the uh, Brian Myers uh, Creative Pro School. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, um, this match was a lot of fun. A lot of great uh, back and forth action. A lot of near falls. And I, I, I honestly thought that Ruby was going to win here mm -hmm. until uh, the said run-in that you mentioned. Um, Tony Storm <laughs> just appears from under the ring. Mm -hmm. for no reason at all. Uh, How long has she been under there? She must have been under there the entire night. For, you know. uh, I mean, they have ways. They can turn the lights off and like put a blanket over somebody or something. Yeah, I mean, maybe. They, they do yeah. that a lot now. I, I mean, but uh, yeah, I mean, she could have been under there the entire time. I mean, just imagine her being under there for the, the Miro-Hobbs match. I mean, that would have oh, been... Oh, man. <laughs> That must have been very loud. Yes, <laughs> quite quite frightening, actually, on many many I, levels. I've never been under a ring during any match, but being under the ring during that match must have been very, very uncomfortable. Uh, uncomfortable. <laughs> yes, that is the word. Um, so yeah, she just appears from out of nowhere under the ring right after, co coincidentally, right after. Soraya hands spray paint to Ruby Soho to use. Mm. And for some reason, she just takes it and leaves. <laughs> and Ruby Soho is very confused. And that leads to um, 
Statlander hitting her tombstone-esque finisher and mm-hmm. getting the victory. Um, yeah. Well, and, and I wonder if this whole, you know, the, the, Tony Storm's new character uh, being Killing more... It. What's that? Killing it. Yeah. She's, she's absolutely ruling this. Yeah, and it's, like, I wonder if this is just, like, with her change of direction, like, she's going to try and co-opt um, Soraya and, and Ruby Soho into this here as well. I don't know. Um, but uh, <laughs> it, it, it is kind of wacky, and you're kind of left with no explanation as to why. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was... It was um, it was mentioned on commentary. Well, maybe this is the 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 beginning of the end for uh, 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 for the outcasts, but you know, yeah. it remains to be seen. Well, yeah, it, it feels like they're building to like her leaving the outcasts, but I, I'm mm. I, I assume that like maybe Ruby and Soraya will be staying together, and um, but yeah, she's been she's been killing this character, and like it was just so weird. That like they had her on dynamite, and after losing the fatal four way at all in, and she's like, "Oh, I have no friends now, and mm. uh, I'm I, I'm all alone, and I have no friends." And she just runs away and throws a shoe at at Renee. Yeah, and and then Renee did the uh, uh, Austin Powers reference on the pre-show, mm. um, <laughs> and um, then on Collision. She's just teaming with them again Mm -hmm. (laughs) for no reason. No friends. (laughs) And they just had a match and nothing happened. (laughs) Yeah, quite silly. I I, I don't know, uh, again, where where we're going to end up going with this one. I think it's still very open-ended, but... Um, And this goes back to what we talked about earlier, where I don't think Tony knows what he's doing with the women yeah uh, bring, bring in somebody else uh I, I i fit finley is not available to my knowledge i think he, i don't think so he would be the the one to do it but uh yeah but yeah uh i i assume this is leading to something but the fact that this kind of just fell into their lap because jamie hater was not available is not good Mm-mm. <laughs> and um, we thought that this was going to lead to like some kind of women's blood and guts. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's happening anytime soon mm-hmm. now because uh, I don't think the outcasts are going to be a trio for much longer. No, well, and we'd have to we'd have to cook for another year, you know, almost. Uh, I yep. just don't I just don't see it happening. Yeah. So I uh, I hope that they figure out something with the women something. Just do better. Yeah. That's that, that's all I can say. Do better. And um, yeah. Uh, so we'll see what's next for Statlander, who she's going to, uh, who her next challenger will be. Maybe Ruby Soho will want a rematch because of the interference, but who knows? Um, the next match is hands down. The best strap match I have ever seen. 
Yeah, this was great. This was an absolutely great match. Um, and, and with relatively little build, you know. Well, we talked about the uh, elephant in the room to kick off the show. Uh, this was supposed to be CM Punk. Uh, of course, they did the angle a few weeks ago where Ricky Steamboat was supposed to be the unbiased referee, somebody that Punk could trust. And um, after Ricky lost, he whipped Ricky Steamboat with his own belt. Mm -hmm. And um, he was kayfabe suspended and uh, just started managing Big Bill for no reason. Mm. And uh, (laughs) uh, no reason (laughs) for no reason at all. And. then everything that happened at All In happened. We were supposed to be having Punk versus Starks here in the main event. This That was supposed to be the main event of the show originally for the real world title. Yeah. Uh, so, of course, everything happened, the announcement, all of that. And Ricky Starks cuts this amazing promo on Saturday talking about how Every time something happens, he has to start over. Mm. And he's supposed to be a heel, but he's cutting a babyface promo at, at like that set at that said moment. Mm-hmm. And he talks about how Big Bill uh, is getting his second chance and how he's worked to do better and be better. And uh, Big Bill is just looking around like. I don't. I don't think he was supposed to say that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, so they're supposed to be having a contract signing mm-hmm. for a match where Ricky Starks challenged Ricky the Dragon Steamboat uh, to a strap match. Just, the contract just says the Dragon. Yes, it does not say Ricky Steamboat <clears throat> anywhere on the contract. And Ricky Steamboat goes out of his way to mention that people do call him Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, but there is somebody else that is also a dragon. <laughs> Luchasaurus. <And> out- <laughs> no, he's a dinosaur. Get it oh, right. Okay. <laughs> uh, the American Dragon, Brian Danielson, mm. back. A lot sooner than I think we were expecting after a fractured forearm. Um, yeah, like at, a, fra- a fracture would be generous. I mean, this man, like it was, it was a really horrible looking injury. That he I had. mean, we saw the X-rays. Yeah, it, this bone was not connected anymore. <laughs> not at all. And, not and yet, at, at all. And and yet he continued wrestling. 10 Zushko more minutes. Okada, yeah, 10 to 15 more minutes. One of the best wrestlers in the world. Perhaps the one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, so reports had been mentioning for, like, leading up to this show that he wasn't expected back until end of October. Mm-hmm. And he just shows up on Collision like it's nothing. And Ricky Starks... Gives out a a uh, oh shit when he realizes 
that this is who he's facing. And, um, yeah, this match was, wow. Oh, it, it was wow. great. It was great. Um, Danielson, uh, uh, bleeds within less minutes. than, yeah, like <laughs> less than two or three minutes. Um, really solid storytelling for a a, a strap match, uh, mm-hmm. particularly one that Danielson didn't even really have hardly any involvement in until yep. um uh, until the night before. Um, look, da- Danielson's just one of the best ever. He's always going to get the best out of whoever he's across the ring from. Yeah. Um, and, and I think Starks was certainly up to the challenge here. Uh, we did get a big bill run in, um, mm-hmm. and, and, and Steamboat, uh, who was on commentary for this match, uh, he did go and make the save for Danielson, uh, which was fun. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> uh, he double was juice. Th- throwing strikes, throwing strikes at big bill and big bill was mm-hmm. taking him like, Sh- sure. <laughs> uh, uh, double juice with Starks bleeding also um, yep. at, at, at one point in the match, um, which was, was really fun. Uh, and then, of course, <clears throat> uh, with Danielson uh, using the uh, the yes lock, or the label lock, rather, um, he incorporates the strap uh, into that uh, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, forces uh, Ricky Starks to uh, uh, pass out. Uh, yes, for, for the victory there. Uh, just a a really good match. Something like like you said, probably one of the best strap matches I've ever seen, uh, if not the best one. Um, some a match well worth going out of your way to check out. And if Ricky Starks was not made before, he is absolutely made now. Mm-hmm. He is a superstar, and mm-hmm. um, this match just proved that. This was very reminiscent. Without the double turn, very reminiscent of Austin Hart at Mania. It, yeah, very. Ricky Starks was defiant <clears throat> in this moment. He was going to. He wanted to fight an old man. Sure. <laughs> and instead, he's fighting the best wrestler in the world, mm-hmm. and they're absolutely killing each other with the strap, and like they were doing the in the middle of the ring they're trading strikes and then they're also trading like smacks with the strap like and they're they're hitting each other like in the face with this thing like absolutely killing each other with it It, and it it was pretty ridiculous at points in in all honesty um yeah like you very rarely see danielson involved in um, situations like this where like there's an like a, a hardcore element to it um but yep. but he definitely you know he definitely stands his ground like he's he's he's, yep. he's so he's such a versatile wrestler and he, and he's able to make whatever the match type is his own mm-hmm. um as you said with uh with Ricky Starks I I think that um Again, with CM Punk leaving, this opens up a lot of doors for a lot of guys to really kind of step up to the plate and try and make a name for themselves. Um, uh, Ricky Starks is definitely one of them, for sure. Um, I do feel 
badly for Danielson in some ways because we discussed this last night, but this is the third time in Danielson's career where he and Punk are in the same company and something happens, Punk leaves, and it's up to Danielson to try and piece everything back together and mold it back into something positive. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, but if the hell, if there's any man who could do it, it's Danielson. Well, yeah. And it says a lot to the character of a Brian Danielson in real life mm-hmm. that he can always be relied on to do that. And, um, this man just loves wrestling so much and it's very evident every time he gets in the ring because, I can I can pro- I can say this with confidence. I don't think he's ever had a bad match in AEW. Yeah, no, I can't think of any match that I've seen where uh, you know, and 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 he very rarely had bad matches in WWE too, right? Like uh, very yeah. Like, uh, there there aren't many times where I can sit here and say like Danielson didn't give it like one hundred and ten percent. So yeah. And he always makes the person he's in there look good. He always makes himself look good in turn. And he absolutely is just one of the best. And he mentioned later on in the night, uh, I didn't watch it, but I've heard people mention, he mentioned on the scrum later Mm -hmm. that he did not use his right arm during the match at all. he went out of his way to avoid using the broken arm, which is and really smart for him. We, I mean, we talked about it when we were discussing the match. Clearly, he's not 100% because that thing was wrapped. So, it, it, if he came back early to have this match, that is very commendable, honorable, and says everything about the man Brian Danielson and how much he cares mm-hmm. about the business. Oh, for sure. Well, and, and you know, he, again, he, he went out and had a, a really, really great match <laughs> as a yep. result of it. So, you yep. know, I mean, hats off to both guys. I mean, and in particular Danielson, like he didn't have yeah. to do any of this. Nope. And uh, he stepped up to the plate when, um, when it meant the most. And, um, I mean, I guess we'll we'll talk about this when we talk about the main event, but Danielson is the only person that can get away with being, like, the honorable guy who is stepping up to save a 70-year-old man and then come out during the main event and just go, kill that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, He's the it, only guy that could do that. <laughs> yeah. D- Danielson is immense he he's again he he's on my my mount rushmore for sure um yeah. he, he's just one of the best ever to do it and um yeah like, like we said going i mean honestly this five match stretch from here through the uh through the main event is is certainly one of the best uh five match stretches I've ever known uh, on any pay-per-view. I think it's interesting, and just a quick note before we move on to the tag match. Um, We we talked about how this 
kind of is happening in the wake of Wembley and the the grandiosity of that. Um, I I would almost compare this to being like you know comparing um, a Wrestle Kingdom or a WrestleMania to like a almost like a G one mat or like a G one uh, match day, G one round day. Um, where you know you you know for sure you're gonna have some really solid, really awesome matches. There's gonna be about you know four or five matches that are just gonna knock it out of the park. Um, but I mean, as a spectacle, it it it, it doesn't compare uh, to kind of what you know the, the spectacle of um, you know maybe a, a Wembley show or a WrestleMania. But I I feel like it like the the content of it, the wrestling of it was. Just so much better. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, before, uh, last thing before we move on, uh, the final countdown was back again. Oh, uh, yes. I, I guess um, Tony Khan is just going to shell out dough whenever he finds it necessary to use that song. Well, I, I feel like he, he may have uh, found some way of saving a bunch of money, perhaps, the night before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I, that is very like... possible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so uh yeah and honestly it was perfect for this because it was it was ricky stark's final countdown to the beating that he took oh yeah absolutely <laughs> so uh yeah so the next match was honestly i i had a lot of fun with this match i don't think it needed to be on the show yeah it, i mean it it was really it was really fun. I I liked it personally. Um, yeah. uh, did it did it need to be on here? Probably not. Um, the the yeah. ending was really rather strange. Yes. Um, so uh, of course we're talking about Eddie Kingston. Ah, yes. Teaming teaming up with the wrestler Katsuyori Shibata. Mm-hmm. To take on the BCC members, Claudio Casanoli and Wheeler Yuta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, one of another one of my all-time favorites in Katsugori Shibata. Um, you know, teaming with with Eddie Kingston here and trying to give him some backup against the the, the BCC. Um, lots of fun, lots of good tag team action, um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, uh, I'll, I'll go ahead and let you <laughs> let you cue in the match. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, Eddie Kingston is just—he's like a kid in a candy store. Whenever he gets the team of the Japanese legends, he—he—he mm-hmm. he, he loves it so much. Like, and he also loves beating up Claudio Castagnoli. Mm-hmm. Uh, he had a uh, Claudio sucks eggs shirt. Uh, <laughs> which is a nice uh, reference to the past, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, uh, he, I, I absolutely love the promos that they did before this match, uh, <laughs> where Kingston had just had a match with Wheeler Yuta, and Claudio is just like, "Oh, you're proud of yourself? You beat up Wheeler Yuta. We beat up Wheeler Yuta every day," and he's just giving him uppercuts while he's talking. Yeah. and uh eddie kingston is standing there with katsuyori shibata and he's just like 
he's just like, oh, I can't wait for this match. Uh, what do you think of these guys, uh, Shibata? Mm. And then he uses a voice-to-text translator that's, that just says, you guys suck. <laughs> 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 Which was absolutely amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, this match, very hard-hitting. Lots of lots of strikes. Yeah, this is uh, this was of, a very much a strike cuts. fest for sure. Yes. I, which which most Shibata matches are, let's be honest. Mm. Um, I like that he's uh, traded in his headbutts for uppercuts. <laughs> let's let's hope he never does a headbutt ever again. No, um, never. But, I'll uh, take the uppercuts every day over the head of over him headbutting anybody. I 100% agree. I think all headbutts should be banned, but that's just me. Um, absolutely, just him and him and Claudio need to have a singles match. Um, before we finally get this blow off with Eddie Kingston and Claudio that has lasted 11 years. <laughs> Uh, I want to see Shibata take on Claudio one on one. Um, but yeah, uh, you know Wheeler Yuta is really coming into this character and coming into this um this idea that he is like um the underling of the BCC and just getting mm. better, more violent and also more just throwing in all the strikes like everybody else mm-hmm. um but yeah uh ultimately Eddie Kingston and uh Shibata uh they they won right <laughs> why am i forgetting uh no i think oh, no, uh, the the, the yeah BCC the bcc won, won that one yeah yeah i don't know why i've completely the, the ending just escaped me for some reason i was so excited about talking about (laughs) about a potential match (laughs) yeah (laughs) um but yeah so bcc gets the win to uh once again eddie kingston just being so angry at claudio (laughs) and um i'm hoping that since i'm uh, again uh Grand Slam's coming up. Mm. Eddie Kingston is from New York. Let's do something with Eddie Kingston at this show, whether it's facing Moxley one-on-one or facing Claudio, finally, one-on-one, and beating him. Yeah, right? I mean, that, that that would be the dream, right, is that Claudio finally wins uh, the, the big one, gets the, the big one over on Claudio. Um, it was odd that it only took just the one uppercut for for it to uh, yeah. for for it to finish um, yep. Kingston, but I digress. It, it, this was was this a great match? No, but it was a hell of a lot of fun, um, mm-hmm. and, and it was still very very good. So I um, fully agree. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, and I mean. The whole point of this feud between Kingston and Claudio going back to Chikara is Kingston just wanting Claudio to respect him. Yep. And when he finally gets that victory, 
that is, I think, where it needs to happen. Mm. Just shake the man's hand and move on. Be done with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As you said, this has been going on for 11 years. It's it's time. It's time. Yes. So uh, I'm hoping that we get that. Uh, so moving on to, I believe, the longest match on the entire card and one of the most fun by far. Mm-hmm. Um, Konosuke Takeshita versus Kenny Omega. Um, I like that the history between these two was brought up uh, of being in DDT together when Konosuke Takeshita was very young mm-hmm. and Kenny Omega mm-hmm. having that on him, beating him both times that they met one-on-one. This match was... was, It was a Kenny Omega match. That's... that, And that's a good thing. Uh, This match absolutely ruled. Um, Konosuke Takeshita is one of the... one of the best up-and-coming stars that aw has and kenny omega is well aware of that and the fact that he put to catch over here is evident of that mm-hmm. um this was one of those matches that built and built over time and just got more and more aggressive and more and more uh more in, as the action built to the to the finish um these guys were just trading knee strikes trading suplexes doing big move after big move it's again it's a kenny omega match and it was just absolutely great i loved it Mm -hmm. well and and you know obviously you have um you know you have to catch to hitting some of his signature moves he's been doing uh, the the El Generico Haluva kick into you know Blue Thunder Bomb combo. Yep, <laughs> he's been doing yep. that a lot. Obviously with Omega, you know you're gonna get some Snapdragons. You know that you're gonna get Poison Ranas. You know that you're gonna mm-hmm. get you know uh, a ton of V triggers. Um, yeah, th- I mean this was this was a really really well done match, um, and, and Kenny goes out of his way uh, to to make sure that. Takeshita looks really, really good, and and commentary even did as well. You know, they were making allusions to like, you know, um, Don Callis sees uh, Takeshita as just like the bigger, more improved version of Kenny, and mm-hmm. you know that um, you know uh, the fact that it's a, it's a running knee by Takeshita that finishes Omega. Uh, yep. says a lot right there too, right? I mean, that's that's just right out of the book of Kenny using the V trigger. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, this was just it was just very very well done by both guys. Obviously, it sounds like we're gonna get a rematch somewhere here in the near future. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. Ken, Kenny seems adamant about getting Takeshita as over as humanly possible. Yeah, and I I think it's very clear that um. Once Takeshita is like in that zone of being like 
as good as he can be, he's going to be one of the biggest baby faces in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and God, I'm sure Kenny the music though. Oh, we got yeah, well, to get some music. Just a, here. Just a random drum roll. Just, just, just like like the whirring of a UFO. Yeah, yeah, it is kind of odd. Yeah, right. Um, and yeah, I, I mean, I'm sure they're going to. I, I mean, we've been saying for weeks now that I'm sure we're going to get more members of the Callus family to torture Kenny Omega. I guess. Mm. Um, and of course, the elite will probably be in tow. Um, not really knowing what the other guys are doing going forward. Um, and, uh, yeah, uh, I think that Kenny Omega is well aware that Takeshita is the future and well aware that he didn't need to win. Um, because we were kind of unsure going in is... It, are they going to continue the story of Takeshita can't beat him one on one, or is Kenny going to do the thing that nobody really saw coming, and and that's what he did. Mm-hmm. Um, this match is go. I I think, despite it being as good as it is, I think people are going to put it behind some of the other matches we've already talked about and the main event as mm. far as like how good it really was. Cause I mean, the crowd was in it. The crowd was the crowd. Once the crowd was, uh, you know, into the show, they never went down mm-hmm. and they were all over Don Callis. They were all over Takeshita throughout this match. And, um, yeah, I, I liked that commentary mentioned how, um, the reason that Takeshita does the Haluva kick and the Blue Thunder Bomb is because of his coming up in the business and working with El Generico in Japan. Yeah. And, um, how he adapts and takes things from his mentors and, from people that he's worked with and that is that's really cool that they're that they acknowledge that Mm -hmm. yeah and i thought that it was one of those things where um yeah both men just really wanted this to be as special as possible and and especially for kenny to 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 really you know get to cash to over as the future and and that's that's you know, I, with both men's desire to to do this and, and to have such a well structured match, it, it's, it's really really helped. I mean, Kenny's Kenny hasn't put a, a foot wrong all year. It it, it seems, mm-hmm. and this is this continues it. Um, the the, yeah. the next match, uh, on the other hand, <laughs> <laughs> so the next match is an eight man tag. Pitting the uh, Young Bucks and FTR against Bullet Club Gold. Uh, now, I gotta give all the credit in the world to Juice and Jay White for making the guns. Mm. Like, the guns are over because of this act. Yeah. Uh, 
people were very iffy about them like a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And that was because they were feuding with the acclaimed for so long. And then the FTR stuff and people just really wanted to see them gone after FTR beat them. And then they were doing this and now they're one of the most over acts in all of the company. Like, yeah, it, it it just feels like real hand in glove. Like these guys, like like Bullet Club Gold needed a, another dimension to it. Jay White's mm-hmm. the leader. Um, you have Juice, who's kind of like the loose the, cannon. The loose cannon, exactly. Yeah. They needed that tag team to really solidify the group. And man, it 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 was just perfectly blended between the gun the guns two. fit they fit absolutely. and um they're absolutely killing it in that role uh this match they were their team was on was on the entire mm-hmm. match whereas the young bucks and ftr just couldn't get out of each other's way and i yeah. think that was the point of the match mm-hmm yeah, I mean, it, it's it's really a super team that you have with FTR and the Young Bucks. You know, they, you know, you, you look at that on paper and you're like, they're like they're absolutely just gonna run, you know, run over uh, Bullet yeah. Club Gold here. Um, but like you said, I mean, well, we're talking about two teams that are still actively feuding with each other. Two teams that um, yeah. really. They, I think they respect each other, but they they don't like each other. They're they're just well, they're they're from two different worlds, and that comes along with them being the two best tag teams in the entire world. Mm-hmm. Like they both want to be the best, and then working together doesn't always go that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that was very evident throughout this match. Um, of course, you know the Young Bucks are doing the hits. That's the Young Bucks do. They do the hits. Yeah. And um, FTR is being FTR. And uh, again, that's what these teams do. They they are so good at doing what they do that trying to mix it together doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. And this was a fun match, and it was supposed to be. And it made Bullet Club Gold even bigger than they are by them winning. Mm-hmm. And of course, now... I think both uh, tandems within Bullet Club Bullet, Bullet, Bullet Club Gold are going mm. to be eyeing the tag titles. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, we we've not really gotten inkling of Jay White really wanting to break out into the singles role yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like he's very much concentrated on like. Let's get Bullet Club Gold established. Let's make us, you know, look like yep. just like a machine, which is exactly what this match, you know, and really helped do. They've they've kind of become the act on Collision now. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a lot of great moments throughout this match. One of my favorites was Dax and Matt Jackson doing the BTE. FTR trigger together and <laughs> Matt doing like the uh the pomp and circumstance and and Dax just pretending to look at his watch. <laughs> <laughs> that like it that was really funny. 
And um, yeah, the ultimately the result uh, is uh, BCG getting the win when um, I believe it was uh, Dax who took the pin and Nick Jackson like was trying to make the save. I think it was uh, was it? I thought it was maybe. Uh, uh, Wheeler. Wheeler gave yeah, up the. Cash. Um, I, I knew it was one of FTR. I just couldn't remember, like, off the top of my head. One of them took the pin, and Nick was like right there, uh-huh. but he didn't notice until like the last minute. Well, he and, was he was trying to slide into the ring, and then yeah. he he was just too late. He was he was off. Um, yeah. by by a second and th- you do get that angle post match with FTR and Young Bucks like yeah. you know kind of blowing up at each other and the Young Bucks trying to apologize and they're both yeah. both teams are pissed off that they lost you know in- because they they expected more you know out of yeah. this and instead of like trying to blame each other Nick was very apologetic over the fact mm-hmm. that he he just messed up and mm-hmm. because Obviously, they still want to win, even if they're technically feuding with the people they're teaming with. Mm-hmm. Like, um, so I liked that little wrinkle there, and obviously, I I think this feud is going to continue, um, maybe culminating at Grand Slam. I don't know, maybe like a multi-team match of mm-hmm. some kind, because I think you got to save that. I mean, because the the three FTR Young Bucks matches were all a year apart mm-hmm. like all three of them so i think you have to if you're going to continue to have these teams going at each other you have to save that two-on-two match again for down the line again right well and the young bucks are just coming off of a loss with ftr they're yep. gonna have to yeah you know there's there's other teams for ftr to face and and who knows by the time that you know, they face again. FTR is probably not going to be champions. Uh, there's probably mm-hmm. going to be. It might be the Young Bucks who are champions. The roles might be reversed again. So yeah, you know, who knows? So if this feud is going to continue, I expect something with multiple teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I would say that that's that sounds about right. So that brings us to our main event, and uh, rightfully so, the main event because um, Orange Cassidy defending the international championship against the face of the company, John Moxley. Mm-hmm. Um, and the story of this match was exactly that. Uh, Orange Cassidy has been absolutely killing himself to keep this belt. And with each defense getting more and more hurt and more and more uh, just uh just absolutely like done like yeah i mean you you see it every week with him like yep. with every match that he walks into he's got more physio tape on it's in another yep. spot it's on his neck it's on his lower back he's got his 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 hand double wrapped um because of uh, yep. you know because he broke his hand like in in one of the very early defenses months yep. ago you know i mean this is this is Orange Cassidy's last stand, basically. Yeah, so when he cut that promo on Wednesday after he beat Penta, um, I knew he was losing. Because mm. I... Obviously, we, we know who Orange Cassidy is. He's 
never gone out of his way to be that passionate. And yeah. when he finally was, that was a sign to me that, oh, this is the end. Mm. Like, And I wasn't surprised that he lost, and I didn't care that he lost, because he could have won. And um, he didn't because of the fact that he's in there with the best. And all of those injuries piling on and all of the things that he's had to deal with during this reign, defending the belt 30 times. I think it's even more than that, like 32 or something like that. And holding it for 326 days, being the the winningest champion with the most defenses in the mm-hmm. entire company. Yeah. Company ever, history. Yeah. Is something that if you had told me when Orange Cassidy signed with AEW, that I never would have guessed that that's what he would be doing four years mm-hmm. down the line. But well, because of that, he's. Again, just like Ricky Starks, absolutely made after this. Well, and he's another guy that, um, you know, it, it's interesting because we, we, we've we talked, you know, so far about this show about guys like Miro, guys like Hobbs, guys like uh, Ricky Starks, um, you know, Danielson, all these guys kind of like uh, the, the, the women's division, all, all these people who, you know, th- there's, there's an opening... Uh, now with the the wake of CM Punk being gone, who can really step up and 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 make a name for themselves? Uh, Orange Cassidy already did that last year when Punk first left. When they put when they first put the international title on him, you know that was uh, you know that that was you know really the the first big thing that uh, that that they, they they could do for Orange Cassidy, and now nearly a year later. Um, like you said, he's the winningest champion. He's got the most defenses uh, of any title in company history, um, and he really now only has like he he only does big matches. He like he, like every match that Orange Cassidy's in is a big match, and I think that uh, last night was really his moment to be elevated into that that mega star status. You know, to to be in the leagues with the Omegas. The you know the Moxleys, the Danielsons, uh, and, and such within the company, right? Like he he is yep. that that big match performer. And and who's to say? Like obviously he, I believe, because of the injuries that he sustained throughout the reign, uh, whether it's kayfabe or not, he's going to take a little bit of a break and come back mm-hmm. and be better than ever. And down the line he is going to want that Moxley match again. And this Mm. time he's not going to be hurting and not on his game as you, you know, would expect like, sure. He was on his game, but he was hurting the whole time. He's going to, he's going to go into it better than ever and put up more of a fight against Moxley and maybe even beat him. Yeah. I mean, if if, if you have a, a, a broken orange Cassidy, you know, yeah. nearly beating Moxley. You know, the, yeah. imagine what a what a fully healthy Orange and, Cassidy could do. And the fact that Orange Cassidy was the only one that bled during this match mm-hmm. was it was evident of how Moxley was just he was just not 
ready for Moxley. Mm-hmm. In and again, that that is that comes down to the fact that he cut that promo and that he was just so beat up mm-hmm. that Moxley just threw everything at him and he didn't have an answer. Yeah. And um, I mean, but but he still he still had that that heart and determination. Obviously, like when yes. when when he kicked out of that first Death Rider, which nobody kicked. I, I can't recall of anybody kicking out of the Death Rider before yeah. Orange Cassidy. Uh, yep. That move has been just so protected. Um, you know, Moxley just kind of like got up and he 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 said a prayer basically for what yeah. what he was about to do to Orange Cassidy to have to yes to, I love to that. win the match. And then Cassidy is just a bloody mess. Gets up and you know flips him off basically before defiant. Yeah, he was defiant in the face of what was his impending you know doom here. Yeah, uh, before Moxley hits him with another enormous Death Rider. Yep, and I I loved that that wrinkle of the match. I love that part of the story where, again, I and I I mentioned it already with Ricky Starks. Just defiant in the face of adversity, and um, again, also against a BCC member who mm-hmm. is just too good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and eventually down the line, both of these guys are going to be in those spots and facing those guys again and beating them. Yeah, and that I think was the whole point of this entire show to make a point that these guys are here and they are good and they are going to be our future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent agree. Um, I, I feel like overall um, the show, I, I actually enjoyed this a lot more than I enjoyed all in. Like I enjoyed the spectacle of all in there's matches on mm-hmm. it at all in that I thought were, were better. Like I, I liked the FTR Young Bucks match from All In. I liked the, um, the Stadium Stampede. I liked mm-hmm. the, um, uh, the main event. Obviously, the the Adam Cole MJF match. But this this show seemed, um, just so much more of a cohesive wrestling show, and the wrestling I felt was was much better on this than it was at All In. I. I wholeheartedly agree, and I think that you can make the point that this show needed to make the point of uh, we aren't going anywhere. That yeah. was the po- that was the point of this show. Yeah, we aren't it, going anywhere, and the future is bright. Yeah, th- this really does feel like a- addition via subtraction. Like we we lost Punk, but we we kind of regained. The the initial spirit uh, that that we've always kind of had we've we've rediscovered that in in ourselves in this moment, absolutely. And uh, with that, we are going to uh, call it a show here. Uh, I want to thank uh, Tanner for once again joining me, and uh, yeah, I, I think you're probably going to see a lot more of him in the future. Yeah, probably and, uh, so. I'll I'll be around, you know. Just... <laughs> <laughs> and um yeah, I, I mean if you have anything else to plug, go right ahead. Uh, I mean you just follow the Twitter um at Headlock Talk. Um I used to have a mm-hmm. podcast uh there which uh you know Mike has 
has featured on, and Mike Mike would uh would always write in, uh mm-hmm. you know to our to our segments, which was a lot of fun. So you can check out all those old episodes if you'd like uh, a little bit of a blast from the past, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, so definitely check that out, and um, yeah, just give me a follow if you'd like. I I'd normally I'll be talking about wrestling or soccer or politics, something like that. So. All right. And uh, with that, I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, make sure to check out the link tree of the show, uh, link tree slash going over big time podcast. We got some uh, big things in the future coming up and uh, make sure to watch the wrestling that you want to watch and not necessarily the wrestling that everybody is watching. Mm. And that is it. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.